listening to The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of Southcrest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Amen. Y'all can be seated. I was thinking this week, one of the things that I really enjoy about getting to preach to college students is that when I make references about like, what's actually going on in the world today. Like, like about social media, for example. Like we're gonna, we're gonna be tracking, like there's some crowds I've preached to, maybe like age 60 and up, like um, maybe they know Facebook exists, maybe not. But one of the things I love about you is that not only are you on the same page, a lot of you can teach me some things about what's, what's the newest thing, what's trending or, or whatever. You know, I, I can go on about that. But one thing I, I wanna ask you, we're gonna go through it. Um, social media's come a long way. Uh, we're not gonna focus on the negatives tonight, uh, not right at the moment at least. Um, how many of you ever had a MySpace account? Anybody? Wow, wow. If you do, you're the coolest person in the room. If there's two of you, y'all can fight over that. There are two of you. Jordan and John Michael, y'all fight over that. Uh, did the third one raise their hand? I don't think so. <clears throat> okay, and so MySpace, I'm gonna be honest, I'm glad that none of you have one, especially for Gen Z, because literally you would rank your friends publicly from one to 10, one to 20. Like, you talk about a concoction of even more anxiety and fear and depression. Like, thank you, Lord, for like basically getting MySpace mainly cleared out. I th- you can still go, I think, to the website, but like, anyway, it's basically dead. And then, then came along Facebook. So how many of you have a Facebook? You good? Keep the hand up if you have Instagram. What about Twitter? Okay, I'm gonna get myself in trouble. Just keep listing things off. But okay, so what, what I've noticed, um, social media has progressed and, and to an extent where we're spending a lot of time on it, right? Again, we're, I'm not saying this in a negative light. One of the features that I actually really like is I like the follow feature, Right? I like the ability to, to, to follow. And so like, I remember when I first got a Twitter, I discovered there were like some, some like famous uh, celebrities or, or actors or actresses that were maybe in like shows that I watched or movies. And I'm like, I get to like get a little sneak peek into their life. And the same thing with like Instagram. And uh, I don't know if you do this, but sometimes what happens is that um, someone you're following uh, says something like, hmm, I don't know what I think about that. Hmm. Mute, right? That the mute button, right? Okay, or you have, and, and this, the mute button is helpful too because if it's your friend that annoys you, like they literally post 10,000 stories every day, right? And it annoys you, instead of unfollowing them because they, they're probably also the person who goes and checks their followers and makes sure all their friends still follow them. You know what I'm talking about? And so you can just mute, right? And it's beautiful, it's amazing. But sometimes, I don't know if you've had this experience, sometimes someone says something that you don't like, Right? And, and it's like a quick unfollow, right? Maybe it's someone that's like a, I don't know if you follow the political leader. I don't know if you, you follow like an, a famous celebrity, whatever it may be. Maybe you follow like a, a well-known pastor or a Christian author or speaker. And I've unfollowed a few of those. But you know what's amazing? To follow them, you know it's on social media. What, what do you have to do to follow them? It's like push a button, Right? Like anything they say or do has no bearing on you, right? <laughs> Isn't that funny? Like it can make you mad, but it's like, just unfollow them, right? right. No, no big deal. And with the click of a button, you can unfollow them, right? As we enter our series, Follow Me, just a, just a, 
spoiler alert, the me is not me. <laughs> the me is Jesus, all right? I'm not telling you to follow me. The, the me in there is Jesus. And throughout the New Testament, we see several invitations where Jesus says to follow him. He says, follow me, and then there's the rest of the paragraph. And here's, here's my suspicion. Here's something I think needs to be said on the first night of this series. I think inadvertently, I think unintentionally, I think subconsciously, that the word follow has lost a little bit of the necessary weight and meaning. And so here's what I think. I think for many Christians, or so-called Christians, what happens is that when they follow Jesus, it's kind of this simplicity of like, kind of like the follow button. And what happens is they're following Jesus. Oh man, love that, love that. Reading through the Bible, like, oh, he's all about love. And then and Jesus says something kind of hard. Like, mm, I don't like that. I'm gonna mute Jesus for a few weeks. I'm gonna just kind of do my own thing. About three weeks, come back to church, hear another sermon, words of Jesus. And it's like, okay, that's enough. He says something else I don't like and like, click, like unfollow. Like it's just that easy. It can be in and out, in and out. It's so easy to follow Jesus, so easy to unfollow him. And so my, my fear and my suspicion is that in the church, we've lost a little bit of the meaning of what it actually means to follow Christ. And so that's what we're going to zoom in on tonight as really an introduction. I think if we're going to talk about this more, we've got to know what does it actually mean to follow Jesus. And so I want you guys to turn to Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, Matthew chapter 16. Thankfully, we have the answer to this question. Jesus says very specifically what it means to follow him in many places in the New Testament. And there's a lot of answers to this question, but I think he gives some really key instructions for us in doing this. So Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. As I, as I look in, I want you to, to picture what's happening with Jesus and his disciples. In just the passage before, he's telling them that he's going to die and he's going to rise from the dead. I want you to imagine that. They don't know the rest of the story. This is just a guy doing really amazing things. Like some of them are pretty sure he's the son of God, for sure like a, a pretty righteous dude, right? And so they don't know the rest of the story though. And someone's telling them, hey, I, I'm going to be killed, but don't worry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rise from the dead on the third day. Like, that's, that's a strange scene to set up. And then he's actually inviting them into following him once again. And he's basically saying, I want you to follow a guy who's about to die. That, that's, that's the scene, all right? This is something where the disciples have this moment all at once, like, what is going on? And also like, wow, this is really serious, and so we need to lean in these words. And so and Jesus told the disciples after he said he's going to die and rise again, he said, if anyone would come after me. 
I think what we need to do first to understand what it really means to, to follow Jesus is to heed the conditions that he gives. I want you to, to see that he didn't just jump into like, oh man, it's so easy. It'll be the easiest thing you could ever imagine. Like seriously, your best life now, so easy. Just do this. No, he's like, hey, if you're gonna come after me, if you're gonna follow me, he's about to lay down some conditions. He's about to say, like, it's, it's going to require something of you. Like, following me is, is not a cakewalk. I, I, I thought of a lot of you. Um, a lot of you are in different organizations. Um, a, good, a good portion of you, I think, are involved in maybe some kind of fraternities, some kind of sororities. And what you know, especially what I've discovered being here a little over a year, is that there are conditions for, like, being a member. Like, you don't only, like, pay dues. Like, you, you can't miss meetings, right? Like, some, like, leaders are texting me, I am so sorry, like, I can't be there. And what happens, like, you get fined, like, if you miss a meeting and you sign up for that and you're required to be uh, involved in events and they want you engaged in it, right? Because that's gonna make a, a healthy organization. There are conditions for being involved in a fraternity and sorority. And here's what blows my mind. By the way, big fan, especially for those of you who leverage that to be a, a witness for the gospel. So don't hear me... Putting, uh, throwing shade at fraternities and sororities. But here's, here's what's mind-blowing. We start asking that of followers of Jesus, and it's like, mm, cool, I think you're getting a little legalistic. Like college students that are claiming to be Christian, all over tech, all over university, all over this room, will gladly submit to things and conditions and requirements of organizations that, yeah, there's some good stuff, but whose mission isn't even to glorify Christ. And yet here we are, our mission, what we're trying to do here at, at this church and all Christian churches is to glorify Christ. And we ask just a little bit like, hey, just read your Bible once a week. It's like, I don't know if I can do that. And so what, what I fear is that what a lot of Christians are looking for is, is really more of like a gym membership relationship to Jesus. Like you can pay just a little bit like I can just go on Tuesday nights, maybe Sundays, and, and what a gym membership is, if you know, that's why we have a lot of people like me that are still fat and out of shape all over the world that pay gym memberships. You don't have to go. You know that. You don't have to go to the gym just because you have a gym membership. You can stay out of shape indefinitely for the rest of your life. You can have a terrible diet. You can do whatever you want. You don't have to go. That gym has no bearing. Like the, the weight machines don't like grow legs and walk to you at your house and make you work out, Right? I think a lot of us want that type of relationship with Jesus. We want a gym membership. It's where there's really, I just do a little bit, believed in Jesus. Jesus, thank you for saving me, but don't change me. God, Jesus, lay down your life for me, but I swear if you ask me to do anything for you, mm, unfollow. Man, you know what my fear is in that? My fear, especially at big churches like this where we have so many resources and a lot of them are given for free. Like, I love that we can do that for you. But I think that what we do sometimes, what I'm even guilty sometimes, is I set all these things up. I set up these events. We, we literally met, like, we create, try to create community and we try to set up all these things and make it and give you all these things that Jesus never gave his followers. We try to make following Jesus to a level of ease that Jesus would have never condescended to. 
And I fear that in our churches, what happens is that we provide a comfy, air-conditioned environment for some people to come sit weekly as they await their eternal destiny in hell because we make it so easy for them to get there. And we make it so easy for people to feel comfortable in a space that have zero intention of ever following Jesus. And we applaud it. Oh, so glad that you can come once a month. So glad that, that you can, you can, so glad that you can be here. And Jesus is saying things much and much contradiction to that. Let's just get there. And so what I want you to lean into is that there are conditions. There are things that followers of Jesus do, and that's where we're going. So I want you to keep reading with me. Go back to this passage. So what does it mean to actually follow Jesus? We have to heed Jesus' condition for following him. And then we look. If anyone would come after me, there's a condition. What's first? What does he say first? Let him deny himself. By the way, ladies, you don't get exempt from it like I just said himself. It can be herself too, all right? You don't get exempt. He says, let him, him or her deny himself. So first we have to do that. You have to deny self. I think verse 25 fleshes this out. Look at this. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. I think what Jesus is saying is that you have to forfeit your selfish ambition. You have to empty yourself. You have to do what Philippians 2 said Jesus did, that even though he could have totally been about self-exaltation, he emptied himself of his heavenly abode and came down to us and experienced sin and suffering like nothing in him was about self-glorification, and it calls us into that mindset. It's an emptying of self. It's a denial of self to forsake all that to follow Jesus. I I want you to know something about Jesus. And so um, he's not like that boss that some of you may have. You know that that boss or supervisor that asks you to do things that they would never do? You know what I'm talking about? Like I had a boss working in a grocery store. Like I gotta just tell you, the, the way he wanted me to clean that toilet, like I guarantee you he cannot clean a toilet that way. Like, I mean, I was scrubbing on that thing like for 30 minutes getting it spot and he would never do that. He would never condescend to that, right? You ever had that? Had a boss like that that asked you to do things you know they never would do? What's similar to that is in Jesus' day, the Pharisees and religious leaders were doing that. They were adding actually, y'all have seen the Old Testament, Leviticus, the law, like they were actually adding to that. That's crazy, like there's enough there. We can just focus on this. They were even adding to that throwing heavy burdens on the people. And, and Jesus calls them out. He says, y'all are asking them to do things that you don't even do. Here's what's amazing. What Jesus is asking us to do and denying ourselves, he did himself. Jesus doesn't ask us to do anything that he wasn't willing to do. And he did it. He denied himself. <clears throat> and, and so... The point of denying yourself is not just, by the way, humility is a, is, is a thin line. Humility is not thinking less of yourself like, oh, pitiful me. Humility is thinking of yourself less. 
It's one of the beautiful passages about Jesus. For the joy set before him endured the pain of the cross. You know that Jesus was thinking about, and this can be mind-blowing. I don't know know how everything works. The theologians would say that verse means that Jesus was somehow able to see the people that he would die for. For the joy set before him, he knew. There was something happening where he knew that the pain that he was going to go through on the cross was worth it. And he emptied himself in that way. And so what happens when we deny ourselves like Jesus, when we humble ourselves, we actually receive something in return. We get him. It enables us to throw off the ambitions that we have and fully embrace Jesus and have him. It's finding our greatest pleasure and purpose in him. Amen? Amen? Y'all can amen that. There we go. <laughs> and so for, for the journey, for our ministry, let's get real. I've got to be honest. I think here's one of the things that's really hard for me and I struggle with. I think many of you, for example, have had very like, little interest in summer mission opportunities that we've talked about and promoted, and little interest in discipleship and jumping into that, or little interest in the guys' Bible study that we're, we started up. And it's not because those things are not good things. It's because your life is all about you. Your life is about self-exaltation. And, you, and you've rigged it that way. And so here's how you've rigged it this way. A lot of us have said in high school, you know what? When I get to college, I'm going to be really serious about following Jesus. And now you're in college. and like, well, I'm too busy now. So um, after I get this internship, then I'm going to be serious about it. Oh, no, that didn't happen. Okay, after I get a job and settle down, after I get married, after I buy this house, I'm just gonna tell you, I'm a little bit, a few more years ahead of you. It doesn't get any easier. And so what we've actually done is we've rigged it. Many of us aren't denying ourselves. We're exalting ourselves. My fear in that, friends, my fear in, in looking at you with a pleasant smile week in and week out as you have no intention of following Jesus is that I'm gonna be held accountable for God for not telling you otherwise. Hebrews 13 says that I will be accountable for the souls of those who are in my ministry. God's actually, you know that, right? God's actually gonna, you're like, that's why that brother's so serious all the time. Yeah, that's right. God's gonna hold me accountable and say, did you preach the full counsel of my word? Did you, as best as you could, not shrink back? That's Acts 20, 24. Did you not shrink back and do all that you could do to plead with those in your ministry, with those in the journey, Cole? God's going to ask me, did you plead with them to not buy the American dream and to actually follow me? God's going to ask me that. But as long as you're holding on to yourself, Did you know that you can't have Jesus? That's why he says you can't serve two masters. He said you're gonna have to love one and despise the other and reject the other. He says you can't exalt me and you. There's There's not room for us both. But yeah, you've probably heard so many pastors make you feel good about doing that very thing. So when you deny yourself, friends, You deny your own ambitions and you actually make your life, believe this or not, in God's view, you did not go to college ultimately to get a degree and get a job. In God's mind, you know what wants to use you Christians in the room? 
to glorify him and glorify his name. That's why. And any other reason less than that, he calls selfish and sinful. He calls you, hey, reject that. Deny that sort of thinking and fully embrace him. Because I gotta tell you, as someone who's tasted and seen that the Lord is good, everything that you could throw at me, I'm like, no, no, no. It does not compare to Lord Jesus. It does not compare to King Jesus. So what does it mean to follow Jesus? We gotta heed his conditions. We gotta obey what he actually says. And he's laid down the very first thing. What does it actually mean to follow me? What a great question that we should be asking. He says, deny himself. And then what does he say after that? Can someone tell me? I can't hear, sorry. There you go. I see you, John Michael. There you go. All right. What does it actually mean to follow Jesus? To take up your cross. Now, wait a second. When we have any visuals in the Gospels, I want you to think about any time where someone was carrying a cross, what was happening? It was a walk to death, right? You know Jesus wasn't the only one crucified. This was a common way that the Romans liked to have people punished and killed. Sometimes they didn't do anything wrong, like Jesus is a good example. And so people knew when they saw someone carrying a cross, he's saying, die. And so to follow Jesus actually means, when he, what he's saying here, I don't know what sermon you listen to, I don't know what pastor you listen to, I, I'm just gonna repeat the words of Jesus it means to follow him unto death. It is a call, in the words of David Platt, to follow Jesus is a call to die. <laughs> and, that, and that sounds intense, doesn't it? That does. I turn up the intensity because sometimes I like doing that, but I don't even have to. That's actually Jesus' words. And I think this is funny. I was talking to a connect group a few weeks later, and he was kind of explaining to me um, something that has kind of happened in his group. And he said that he feels that your generation, and so if you get mad about this, I'll give you his name and you can go talk with him, all right? But he said that your, I'm not really gonna give his name. Your generation has kind of been taught that you can have life's most incredible experiences for little to no hassle. That, that, that you can have life's most incredible experiences with requiring very little sacrifice, very little time, and if something doesn't immediately benefit you, you can just go somewhere else. Judging by the looks on your faces, he, I think your friend was spot on. And so, if that's true, you know what I was thinking? I think that's why so many people do things like church hopping. And that's why so many people in your generation go to three to four different churches a week because what you've been taught is you can have immediate gratification and, you, and life's greatest experience can come just instantly to you. You can just go here and there and get it whenever you want. And what we've created in that culture is a whole generation of consumers that attach to the church and our ministries like us and suck on them like parasites with no intention of ever following Jesus. By the way, the guys I'm about to mention, I know and I love and we talk and we meet and they feel the same way. 
But that's why some people say, oh, sweet, man, The Way's got a new series called Loveology on dating. I'm going to hit that up on Sunday night. And, man, I'm going to go over to Redeemer and get myself a small group. I'm going to hit up Victory Life. they got a cool series. I'm going to go to The Journey on Tuesday night because that boy's willing to talk about politics, man. Like, it's so good. Like, it gets everything that I kind of want to do. Like, it's so, it's so good. I, none of you talk like that, but you get the gist. <laughs> if you do talk like that, maybe, maybe change the way you talk, all right? What's happening when you do that is you just want to double and triple dip into all these churches and, and you don't give a rip about taking up your cross. When that's the place you're in, you have no idea what it means to follow Jesus. And, and you know what? I'm not picking on your generation. The millennials are a lot the same. A lot of you are Gen Z. I'm a millennial. All right, we covered that. But, but how many times have you heard these words? Let me just ask you. I don't want to just throw all the blame on you. How many times have you heard, oh, it's following Jesus. It's, it's just easy and simple. Just say this prayer, repent, and believe. How many of you have heard that? All right, how many are shy? You're not indicted if you've heard it. I've heard it. So many people say it. And look, there, there's some truth to that there. I could probably like, oh, yeah, that, yeah, repentance and believe, and that, that's important. We shouldn't make the gospel complicated, but here's the problem. Jesus never talked like that. Jesus not once ever invited someone to believe in him and to follow him, saying, like, it's going to be so easy and simple. Like, I don't know where we're getting that. Jesus said, hey, guys, following me will mean death to you. Who's coming? And if you read John chapter 6, what you're going to find out is not a lot came. <laughs> Lost several thousand followers that day. And so I, I know this, and I think what you're going to figure out more and more and more is I would rather see a room full of 10 people that are wholeheartedly following Jesus than a room full of 500, 600, 700 people, uh, largely of whom are just there for uh, you know, a, a meal and a cool series that relates to them, all right? We try to do that. We try to speak into the areas of your life. Yes, all those things are good. But none of those things and coming and being a part of those things means that you're following Jesus. And so Jesus is what he says to follow him. It's not a good ministry growth strategy. It's not. It weeds out those who are not serious. My fear is that even on Tuesday nights, out of my own mouth, I presented to you an invitation to follow Jesus that sounds nothing like Jesus' actual invitation. That, that you would get face-to-face -face with Jesus and you'd tell him about your whole life, how you went to church. Not only that, Jesus, I went to multiple churches at the same time. It was amazing. I sang some songs and memorized everything Hillsong and Elevation put out in Upper Room. It was amazing. I even went to a few Bible studies. And my fear is that he would say to any of you the terrifying words, okay, but I don't know you. You, you never followed me. You didn't deny yourself. You didn't take up your cross. You just attached to several different churches your whole life and parasitically fed on ministries and resources that they gave you, taking but never giving. And you call yourself a Christian. 
That's not what following me is. Friends, that's not what following Jesus is. And that's why I think what I want us to do in this series is change that. I want us to gulp down and swallow some hard words that we might be changed for the better and for the glory of God for it. I'm going to call the band up. You're like, where is he going with this? Hey, how many of you have ever been to Six Flags? Yeah? Love it. Raise your hand if you had a good time. Yeah? Any of you ever a little scared of the rides? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? So I had this great idea whenever I was 10 years old. Um, there's something that happened recently that should make you scared of the rides. Maybe that's what y'all are laughing about. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I had this great idea to bring my friend Kyle for my 10th birthday to Six Flags. We drove from Sweetwater, Texas to Arlington. Um, and man, I was, I was super pumped, right? Like, dang, when you're 10 years old, like I'm just getting tall enough and like big enough, like I can ride the big boy rides. Like we were going for the Titan and things like that. Like it was awesome. But you know what's funny for Kyle? Kyle was actually scared to ride any of the rides. Isn't that hilarious? Like he we got there. I didn't know he, homeboy was scared of roller coasters. And so here's what Kyle did. It was a terrible experience for him because the whole time, right at his fingertips, he had access to an amazing experience. But he chose to just sit there as just dead weight on one of the benches and just watch us have an awesome time. And so he, he listen, he followed us to Six Flags but he never actually experienced it. I think in our faith, for a lot of us, we follow Jesus to six flags, so to speak, but we never actually experience Jesus himself. And, and here's what I mean. I think many of us do something kind of like this. I think we follow Jesus to the cross, but we never follow Jesus to the empty tomb. You know, anybody can follow Jesus to the cross because all of us are dead in our sin. If the story ends there, you're just like every other person. That you don't know the rest of the story. You haven't looked and seen that when the tomb was empty because he rose from the dead, that Jesus defeated sin and death for all eternity. That when you like actually believe in him and follow him, like he calls you into new life. It's not just like, oh, Jesus, thank you for the cross. Yes, Jesus, thank you for the cross. But thank you for raising from the dead too. He's called you into new life. But a lot of you live as if you're still dead. But when you believe in Jesus and what he's done for you, get this, friends, this is amazing. The power that raised Jesus from the dead for all of you, the resurrection power, if you're a true follower of Jesus and a believer in Jesus, is coursing through your veins. You're not called to deadness. And that's why some of you are like, Cole, this is so hard. I don't know how to deny myself. I don't know how to die to myself. That seems so hard. I can't do it. And you're right. You can't do it. That's the point. Because there's the rest of the story after Jesus gave this invitation. When you believe in Jesus Christ, you receive the very Spirit of God that comes into your heart and begins changing you and molding you more to look like Jesus over time. You know what he does? 
He gives you a heart that says, I'm going to heed what Jesus says. It means to follow him. I'm going to, okay, Jesus, you, you say, I'm supposed to deny myself and exalt you only. Okay, and the Holy Spirit makes you, makes your heart soften and he gives you the desire to do that. It's like, okay, Jesus, you say that. I have to love you and be so devoted to you that even if it means dying on a cross, sorry, <laughs> hopefully none of you die on a cross, but even if it means dying, even if it means giving up my very own physical life, I'll, I'll follow you. And over the course of your life, the Holy Spirit does that amazing work in you. That's how you do it, friends. Jesus is pushing us by giving these hard words that none of us can do without him pushing us into the cross. It's like the cross is right here and it's forcing us to see our inability. He pushes us into the cross and then he leads us by hand to the empty tomb and he says this, this is how you do it. It's my resurrection power living in you. And I want you guys to lean into this because this is the most important thing. If you can only obey this, and so if the only people that can obey what it means to follow Jesus, to deny yourself and take up your cross, are the people who have the Holy Spirit living inside of them. So Christians, right? Are y'all tracking with that? Christians, followers of Jesus. Those are the only people. Then what that means is if I've known you for a few months and a year and I don't see you denying yourself, I don't see you taking up your cross, there's something in me that says and wonders, are they really a follower of Jesus? Because I know only those who are the real deal who have the Holy Spirit can do it. And if they're not doing it, friends, I'm not trying to scare you, that's something you're gonna have to sort out in your heart. And so what I wanna invite you to tonight is not only to something better, but actually the only thing that ultimately matters. To truly follow Jesus, not only to the cross, but to the empty tomb where he defeated sin and death where the power of the resurrected king can be reigning and moving through you and me. That's the song, right? To put your faith in Jesus and wholeheartedly follow him. And so friends, I don't know where you're at today. I have a few ideas. But there is no shame in you admitting today, hey, I believed a cheap, false gospel my whole life. I bought into the lie that Jesus asked nothing of me when I believe in him. That it's just like, hey, buddy, just halfway commit. Like, you're, you're good. And there's no shame in tonight of you seeing what Jesus' actual invitation is and saying, I have decided to follow Jesus. There's no shame in that. There's no shame if all of your friends maybe thought that you were the real deal, but after tonight, you're like, I haven't been, and I wanna be. Everything that Cole says has been so hard, and I realize why. I've never truly followed him. I've never put my faith in him and trusted him. And that's what I'm inviting you into. Because, I, friends, I, I'm, I'm in it right now. I can tell you the water's fine. It's good. It's good.
And so I'm calling you to follow Jesus, our risen Lord, our risen King, who calls us into a life of resurrection power. So not only so we can just sit in pews, but that we can actually go out into the world and make disciples of all nations who will also follow Jesus. That's the call. Many are called, few will follow. And will you be one of them? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for a clear invitation from Jesus. Lord, I'm pleading with you, God, to stir in hearts, if you haven't already, to follow you, to follow Jesus. God, to see his infinite goodness, to see his infinite worth, to lay down their own life, to deny themselves, to exalt Jesus, to be willing to take up their own cross, that they may follow you, Lord. Pray this in Jesus' name, amen. I'll be down here at the front if any of you would like to decide to follow him tonight or if you need prayer. We hope you are encouraged by today's podcast. If you'd like to learn more about The Journey, check us out on Instagram or Facebook at The Journey LBK. Thanks for listening.